It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure, as it always is, to have you guys out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce marketing. You can join the chat about all e-commerce to- topics in the e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group that you'll find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Occasionally, I have a guest back on the show to update us on how things are going. And today we have one such repeat guest. Christine Nicholson of Divine Legs, which is a tight subscription business, was my guest back in episode 103. Back then, the business was nine months old and Christine took us through how she'd launched and achieved 100 orders in the first 100 days. In November 2017, Divine Legs reached 15 months old. And despite continuing to grow, Christine made the decision to shut it down. Now, that's never an easy choice to make, not least because despite hundreds of e-commerce business owners making the same decision every day, we do not hear as much about the exit and the closure as we do about the starting or the growing. So I'm super pleased to have Christine on the show today to take us through just why and how she made the decision to exit, her choice of exit and how she went about closing Divine Legs Down. Hello, Christine. Hey, hi, Chloe. Thanks for having me back. It's always good to chat with you. Um, how are you doing today? Yeah, actually, um, today I'm not in my normal place. I'm in Birmingham and um, I'm uh, in a place where I'm meeting with lots of entrepreneurs from all different um, different companies. So if you do hear some kind of buzz in the background, um, it's because they won't bloody shut up. <laughs> Cool. Well, we'll we'll live with that in that case then. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Well, hopefully we can bring that level of honesty to, to the rest of this interview as well. You have no. You, you'll have no problems with that. I'm here to be open. <laughs> awesome. And uh, and as I said, I really do appreciate you coming on because it's something which I know behind closed doors, lots of people struggle with and lots of people think about, but it's something we just don't talk about that much. So. So let's start off with a big old question. Why did you decide to close Divine Legs Down? Well, I, I got off to a great start. I mean, the whole 100 sales in 100 days. When I, when I did that, I think he even said in the last pod, podcast, I didn't really think that it was anything spectacular. I just that it was just a, it was just a simple goal, one sale a day. Um, but it was only after I got some feedback from the last um, podcast that uh, yeah, I appreciated that it was something really special. And the next thing I did was really trying to multiply up those sales, you know, 300 sales in the next 100 days. And, um, and, and actually, I, I, I achieved that um, because I did use that laser focused three sales a day kind of attitude. Um, but ultimately, um, I came across a few barriers and uh, one was the, the although that I could get those those sales in, the cost of getting those sales started to become really prohibitive. And um, so therefore, I wasn't making any profit margin at all. The whole thing was washing its face. Uh, and what I mean by that was I was covering my cost of sales um, but I wasn't covering all of my overheads. And I certainly started to think that I was uh, going to take 100 years or more to recover the initial investment. Um, 
And given that I'm a logical accountant and I can I can look at my numbers and and, and really see that those uh, numbers very clearly, I started to really think about: Is this what I want to do? Do I want to struggle for? A, a considerable period of time and as as that those thoughts were, were going through my head two other things happened one is I started to struggle with supply and given that I had one particular product that was just um, it was my best seller and I, um, all of a sudden my supplier couldn't supply it and couldn't um, guarantee the timeliness of my supply and given that my my core product was really the subscription side of things mm-hmm. um that was a real it was a real kicker because all of a sudden the actual most loyal customers i had i couldn't supply to them and uh, the 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 other side of that was that the products that i was supplying were such good quality that it didn't really lend itself to subscription so although i liked the idea of the subscription i'd picked a product that was just too good, which which I know sounds ironic, but once you've got sixteen pairs of tights in your in your, um, <laughs> in your drawer, all of a sudden you actually don't need any more tights, um, and that was the general feedback from you know people were pausing or ending their subscriptions, not because they didn't like the product, but because I've got too many tights in my in in my closet. So so there was really this the supply element, um, and and this case of the 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 business couldn't grow um to the size well actually it probably could grow to the size but the long amount of time it was going to take and the amount of effort that that was going to take i i just put the numbers together and um realized that um i i i just had to call it call it quits See what I what I find quite fascinating about that, and what I hope is is an education point for our listeners, is that you could get the sales. Um, so in many many people will go, all right. Well, if I've got sales coming in, I must be successful. But actually, you have to look at the whole picture. You have to look at mm-hmm. the cost versus the sales, and you know both the overhead costs and the variable costs that are, that are the marketing. And think, actually, at what point am I going to be making a profit? At what point am I going to pay back what it cost me to start? At what point am I actually going to start earning some money for my effort after this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of uh, business owners that I speak to, um, you know, they kind of forget that they need to be paid. Mm. Or, and they definitely pay themselves last. Whereas I have, uh, you know, for years, I've been running a consultancy and mentoring people. And and the first thing I say is make yourself a priority, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first, because if you're not looking after yourself, you're not actually going to be in a fit state to either help your business or your customers. You know, you're not going to be the, you're not going to bring the energy to the, the business that you need. And, and, you know, people buy from people. Businesses are run on the energy of people. And as a business owner, your one job is to get stuff done. And and if you aren't doing the right things, um, bringing the energy that you, you, you need to to your business, then your business is going to suffer. And I already started to feel that, that dip in my energy because I was being pulled in different directions where I could go and do some of my consulting and mentoring work which is which is what I've gone put my energy back into, 
and and I, I I knew that I could earn in a day more than I could earn in three months from, from the <laughs> subscription service. And you know, will part of me always wonder whether you know I gave up a step before true success? In some ways, yes, I probably will, but. I will always know that I made the decision based on the numbers and and based on the projections that I had. I, I knew that I was making the decision on in in an informed way rather than just blundering on, afraid to admit failure, because it wasn't really failure so much as I decided to quit. You know, it, it's um yeah, I, I think a, a lot of people will see me as having failed. Uh, and, and fair dues, but I always think of it as I, I quit based on an informed. Uh, I, I think that's that's a that's an unfortunate side of our, of of the human psyche is that we think that to close a business is a failure, but actually it's I don't think it ever is if yeah. you've done the right things, you did yeah. what you could, and you 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 know you made the right decision for you at that point in time yeah. you know if you were coming on this this podcast and saying well i tried some seo and i sent a few tweets and i just couldn't generate any sales so i decided to quit i'd be like mm, yeah okay you you didn't really try did you let's be <laughs> yes. honest um, yeah. cuz yeah. that's that's not you know, going for it, but you had the process, you had the repeat customers, you knew you could drive sales, but just not at the right cost. And, and I think something else which you, which you mentioned there about the fact you've gone back to the, to the consulting side of things is the opportunity cost of being in that business. It's like, it's fine that, you know, if the first few months you go, right, I'm not going to pay myself for the first three months just to put yeah. all the cash into growth possible, the first six months or whatever the right time scale is for your business. But to then be going, well, and, you know, you may think, oh, but I don't have any other choices. Well, actually, we could all go and work at Tesco. Yes. You know, and fundamentally, <laughs> if you've been flogging away at it and you've tried everything you can and you hit those brick walls and you're not earning as much as you could be earning if you were working at Tesco, then is it worth it? Yeah. Yes. And I, and I think a lot of um, business startups, they do go into it with unrealistic expectations and that's the one thing I didn't I mean I had very realistic expectations um, but I, I put in my own handicaps by insisting on a really good quality product and uh, without thinking that you know all of a sudden you'd have too many tights that you tights <laughs> <laughs> so you know it was only with hindsight that I look back and think well well there was a couple of issues really one is um, the people who were willing to pay the price for my premium product, um, were very, very happy with it. But again, they bought them with the understanding that they wouldn't need too many pairs. Mm -hmm. People who weren't willing to pay that price are actually very happy buying five pairs for five quid from Tesco's and, yeah. and, and therefore aren't, weren't necessarily my audience. But if I had a subscription for, you know, five pounds for five pairs and they were given uh, out every month, um, then I might, I would have had a very, very different pricing model, a very, very different outlook. That said, a couple of competitors came into the market after me and went bust before me. Wow. So, um, uh, working on that cheap, cheaper, cheaper model where they were buying the product in for significantly lower price than, than I was, they 
were um, getting a relatively easy supply because they had multiple suppliers, but the, the product in and of itself wasn't huge quality. But they came and, came and went in, before I'd even got my first hundred customers. <laughs> so, um, so I could I can see that if you don't have a very realistic view of the amount of effort that it takes, the amount of money that it takes, the earnings expectation, and having a real grasp of what your margins and overheads are, then you can burn through your initial investment, and you, you're coming. You, you know, you've you've come into the market and gone before people are even aware that you're there. So, what was it that made you decide to close in November, not in October or December? What was it that that led to the decision being made then? Uh, it was two things. It was the realization that um, my subscription pauses or exits were down to too many of the product. I've already got so much of the product, and and it, they're lasting so long I don't need any more mm-hmm. um, and the supply issue the the fact that my best-selling product all of a sudden I was going to have to wait six weeks for and I had 80 subscribers for that product and that product alone that I couldn't service um, it it made me take a long hard look at, at every aspect of the business and um, and November seemed like a um, so, so I had that dawning realization actually in October by the time November came round, and I had to really face the fact that my supplier, it, they weren't joking when they said that they couldn't supply me in time. It wasn't uh, a pricing strategy. This was no, a, yeah. No, no, this was it. So at that point, I just looked at the stock I had and thought, okay, I can do a 12 days of Christmas campaign in, in December. Um, I can then do a January final sale um, and give a very hard deadline. Um, so I did the 12 days of uh, Christmas campaign during during December. Um, and then, I, I mean, I have a shutdown for Christmas anyway, because nobody buys tights at Christmas. Um, and then the, and I literally, I've just paused my Shopify site. Um, and then I came back up for January. But at this point, I was completely honest with my client base. I just said, look, I'm closing down. If you want these products at a super price, then this is your last chance because you're, you're not going to get them from me um, from with effect from the end of January. Um, and the feedback I got, you know, the, oh my God, I can't believe I found really decent products and you were really good to deal with, what amazing customer service, all of those things. I mean, I got personal cards and, oh. and emails and, and messages. Um from a significant portion of my of my customer base um uh, which was really sad and it did make me start to think mm, maybe uh, you know maybe i should just go and find a different supplier yeah. different product um but actually if i really was honest well when i was really honest with myself it's kind of like my heart wasn't in it by then i'd kind of done it i came i saw it conquered me a bit and i moved on to something else and already my energy was kind of really positive and flowing into my new, um, well, a revival of my old venture, really, but uh, into my new venture. Before we get on to, to what you're doing now, because I'm, I'm very happy for you to let everybody know about that, but that's kind of, kind of one of the things I find quite fascinating is how you go about doing it if you're going to close down, because I think it's it's a lot easier to find examples of how to make the decision of closing Yes. than it is to actually go through the nuts and bolts bolts of closing. Because I think, you know, it's really tempting just to turn it off 
and walk away, yes. Um, yes. you know, and shift the stock on eBay or something. But why did you decide to do it as a, right, guys, as soon as the stock goes, I'm shutting down, I'm, you know, and actually be completely honest with your customer base? I think it just comes down to my core values. You know, my, you know, my, my core values and my consultancy and actually in all the businesses that I've run in the last 25 years have always been about being honest and being transparent. When I'm working with clients, um, it's one of the things that if they don't share this value of being completely be honest with themselves and with me while they're working with me, then I can't work with them. So it really just comes down to the core of my being. And I also felt that by being honest with my clients, it was almost like it allowed me to be honest with myself. You know, mm-hmm. do I want to continue with this? Even if people begged me to, would I want to continue <laughs> with this? And and ultimately, it wasn't really keeping me that happy. So it, the 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 being honest with my clients about here's the here's the stock and and I am actually closing and telling them you know I mean I was very honest with them I told them why um, it, it it actually helped me face the fact that even if none of these barriers had happened um, the business in and of itself was actually making me quite socially isolated. Um, it, you know, you spend a lot of time on your own in mm-hmm. e-commerce, and uh, ultimately, where I get a lot of my energy from, uh, and where I multiply my energy, is actually being with people. And uh, the e-commerce side of the business was just ultimately quite lonely. And um, yeah, it, it, I think the answer, the, the short answer, is it's it's just who I am. <laughs> I, I like the fact you mentioned about your own happiness there, because I think also we can we can become not just martyrs to not earning anything, but martyrs to our own happiness. Absolutely. Thinking yeah. we're not allowed to go, let's close it down. And if by closing it down, you are financially better off and you are happier. Yes. Well, then, yeah. you know, in my book, that's just like, a, why wouldn't you? you yes. Know? Yeah. And I and, and the, you know, the other thing was when it came to me not being paid out of the company. I'm very careful about the hours that, that I work and I, I block everything out and make sure that I understand how much effort I'm putting into different things. And I, and I realized that, you know, all the effort that I was putting into that was actually that opportunity cost of earning elsewhere. at something that I get a whole lot of joy out of. And um, which, which kind of, it was just a multitude of things that, that helped me make the decision. And I, and I wish that other people that, you know, I've worked with plenty of clients, for example, and I just wish sometimes that they would be honest with themselves and say, you know what, this is taking so much out of me. It's taking so much out of my team. If I do, mm. if something doesn't change, then I, I am going to get more and more and more unhappy and then I'm going to start getting really bitter. And then that the, the business, what's in the business is going to suffer, and it's a it's a it's a proper downward spiral. Um, so sometimes a crisis like this can help you change the direction, not only of your your life, but but also of the business. And and I have seen some people when they are completely honest with not just how much time they make, they're using, how much effort and happiness they're putting in, or or not. Mm-hmm. 
getting out of it and also then the money of it all of those things put together um if they were completely honest with themselves then they would change either the business the focus of the business or they would go and do something else and and this this fear of failure or being seen to be a failure it, it, it handicaps people you know it stops people enjoying the life and potential that they should really be getting out there that's very sad it is indeed. It is. As as someone who many years ago was in that unhappy place, I have to agree with you. It's not worth it. Um, right. I've got a couple of quick questions on this before we go into the top tips round. So uh, first off, the nuts and bolts of telling your public, as it were, are we literally saying 1st of January comes around, email goes out announcing the sale with copy explaining the decision? Yes. Simple as that. Yeah, really was, and I I sent um, I sent three emails I think, which um, basically were segmented on the. If you didn't open the previous one, then I'm sending it to you again. Um, but if you've opened the previous one, I'm not going to send it to you again. But I did also send uh, reminders of the close down offer. Um, so there was two two sections to the email. Now. I'm guessing that given this was a decision to shut down, at which point basically you're trying to get as much cash back as you possibly can. You didn't do any advertising of this. You didn't do a lot of social media of it. It was literally just out go the emails. And if you get the message, you get the message. Yeah, I mean, I I posted it on Facebook because I had quite a lot of um, Facebook followers. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, And I actually sent a different message to my subscribers as I did to my normal customers and then separately to to the email list so if people hadn't bought from me um they got a different email from the ones who had bought from me who also got a different email from the ones who had been, who had been or were regular subscribers so i really kept the messages very specific to to yeah. each section of my community cool and um the other question was you decided to close down did you consider selling it or was it literally, I just need to get out of this now. It needs to be fast. I don't think it's going to be worth a lot of money. So my only real option is to close or was there? No, my accountant was desperate for me to try and find a buyer. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, um, it's so easy to set things up um, that, you know, the real, was there any real value in it? And the other thing is, do I want it? Did I want someone else taking over my branding? And, uh, cause I put so much of myself into this mm-hmm. that, um, the idea of giving it to someone else, I, I, I would not recommend this to anybody else. And, and I, I sometimes think, well, maybe I made a bit of a mistake there, but it was a decision that was very personal to me. And, um, I, I would, wholeheartedly um, advise other people to really think about um, selling or or at least getting redeeming something from their business particularly if they have ongoing sales um, for me it was um, yeah it's something I might regret in the future but uh, for the moment it was it was ha- handling the issues in a particular time frame. Um, I, I think it, it strikes me from everything you've told us about the scenario, about the fact you had something that you enjoy that you could literally almost push the button on and be doing instead of it. And yes. the fact you had the supply issue and it wasn't making any money. And knowing myself that if you want to try and sell a business, that's not an overnight thing. That's no. that's going to take a few months uh, one yeah. way or another. 
is, you know, it's kind of factoring time into this process because you can't, if you want to sell it, your price, your sale price is entirely dependent on your turnover and potentially your profit as well. So you have to keep driving it. And if your head's gone, not as in literally your head's gone, but if your head's no longer in the business, you're not enjoying it and you've got something else you could be doing, then I think, you know, there's no reason why shutting down can be a bad, bad choice at that point. No, absolutely. I mean, there was a limit to the um, the kind of going concern element of it. And I just wanted to switch off my focus. Um, yeah. And that was it. I mean, I, I pretty much got rid of 99% of my stock. So um, I'm left with one small box of tights that I now give away to my neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> they all love me for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the, on the, the, uh, the legal and the financial side, any accountant can take you through quite simply yeah, the process for I've rolling got, it all I, up can't you yeah i have absolutely no debtors no liabilities the only person who's owed money is me and um, my accountant will be wrapping up my year end at the end of february and then i'll make the company dormant so um it's it's a it's really really easy it's half a dozen forms and and you're done Okay, let's go into the top tips round. Um, now, I love this section because it gives me and the listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Christine, first up, your book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, my last podcast, I recommended um, your book, The E-Commerce Master Plan, and, um, and also The E-Myth. And... Um, pretty much the only thing that's changed is that I would recommend your book again, Customer Persuasion, um, because it just has the A to Z of, of getting inside your customer's head. Um, and, and I would still recommend the E-Myth, um, the E-Myth Revisited. Um, and I would also recommend they listen to Michael Gerber's podcast with you. Um, because at the end of the day, he might be a grouchy old man, but oh my God, he, he just tells the truth. <laughs> and he's that, he, he tells it in a way that pretty much I do. You know, <laughs> he doesn't dress it up. There's no chocolates and flowers here. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's, there it is. There it is. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, I did a lot with Facebook ads. And it, 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 you know, Google ads cost me a fortune, but Facebook ads actually got me the sales. So, um, but, and the one that's kind of doesn't really quite get the press that it deserves. Um, if you're doing the right thing, Google shopping. Because once I got that link up and matched it with my Facebook ads, right, that, that's really where I got my growth. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I think it's just got to be MailChimp. MailChimp really made it, particularly the latest iteration, because when I first started using MailChimp, all the automation was, you know, it was a a bought product. Mm -hmm. Um, And the developments that they've made to that and the way that you can segment in in MailChimp now was was fab. Uh, MailChimp combined with the Facebook ads, really, yeah, that changed the face of my business. 
Cool. And now, now the top tip question, which you didn't get to answer last time because it's brand new for 2018, which is the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Wow, this is a toughie. Um, because actually, once I'd done my 100 orders in 100 days, um, the next sort of step up in growth was using Facebook ads. But I got a lot more savvy um, using Facebook ads and my conversion um, really took a step up. And um, actually, it take too long for me to tell you why that happened. Um, but I did do um, a couple of um, online courses around Facebook ads and it's hard work. But once you do the hard work at the beginning, it's it just makes it really, really easy. So um, it, it would be picking your channel is rather than just saying Facebook ads, it would be picking your channel, testing and picking out those bits that really work and dropping everything else. I like it. Get focused on what's working. Mm and grow it. Okay, Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast where you'll see a link to this show. And Christine, I have to ask you this before um, before we say goodbye. What are you doing now? What's, what's going on? So as I said um, a bit earlier in the podcast, I, I, I've been working as a consultant for a long time now. And, um, and my consultancy was really kind of taking up huge amounts of time. So I've moved much more towards, um, I still do some consultancy work, but I've moved much more towards working with multiple clients rather than two or three and um, working in a mentoring way. So I offer a virtual finance director service and also a executive mentoring um, uh, service and then sometime later in 2018 I'm going to set up a um, a master a mini mastermind uh, group to really get people focused on on growing their their businesses um, and I am called the profit fixer so I've just launched a, a LinkedIn group called the no BS um, British business success forum where people can go and ask questions and get get answers and also get help from other entrepreneurs who are in the group um i'm at the uh the profitfixer.co.uk and uh, if you wanted to email me i'm christine at the profitfixer.co.uk marvellous i will add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes masterplan world you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website click on the podcast tab or use the search box christine thank you so much for being so honest and revealing kind of what goes on behind the curtains of that decision to close it's i'm sure it's going to be one of our most valuable podcasts of the year for so many people out there listening um so thank you very much no problem thanks for having me on again chloe keep optimizing as christine says keep optimizing which the thing about optimizing is sometimes the right thing to do is to turn something off when you're optimizing because optimizing is both about finding the good and doing more of it and finding the bad and turning it off so to my mind the closure of a business is just a very big form of optimization kind of life optimization opportunity optimization and time optimization a lot of the time far more than money because you are making a decision that really affects 
you and your life and the time you have on this planet without wanting to go too kind of big uh, in our thoughts here. But time is really limited and happiness is something which should be should be something you experience every single day. It should be something you experience in your business. Um, and if you're not feeling that and you're not getting that, then um, then maybe it's time to make some big changes. Oh, I did get quite deep there, didn't I? So so if you're in that, that boat, by all means, send me an email because, um, you know, it's one of those difficult things to talk about. And often there aren't people to talk about. So I'm more than happy to talk to you about it. And I know Christine's helped lots of businesses exit as well. And um, she is Christine at theprofitfixer.co.uk if you want to talk to her on that subject too. Well, everyone, thanks for listening today. If you've got things you're happy to discuss publicly about today's episode, then I'm sure that will be going on in the Facebook group, the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group, which is easy to find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And if you're still very much loving your business and still very much wanting to grow it, there are loads of videos about just how to do that in my virtual summit which is still available to watch and registration is still free. So it's over 30 videos with great e-commerce experts taking you through key things that you could do to improve your business. And you can find that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Have a great week, all of you, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com. 